at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Ten minutes after one. Good afternoon to you. This is Life Happens on SAFM. My name is Pimelo Motine. Okay, we've got um, an interesting show coming up, but we also kick in um, the show with uh, our regular health feature. And our focus has been COVID-19 as usual. And uh, we've got a, a resident doctor here who's joining us on the line. And as you know, we open the lines uh, for any question related to COVID-19. Um, no question is a stupid question. I, I definitely have lots of stupid questions today. So start dialing in 891 uh, The WhatsApp number is 614 Professor Bitram Fielding, a virologist specialist specializing in COVID-19, is my guest. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Professor Fielding. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Pamela. Thank you for having me. Professor Fielding, as usual, I did ask my guests, my, my, my listeners, uh, that um, you know, no question is, is stupid, but I'm going to start being the silly one first. I, I have a very silly question for you. I went to test and uh, I got my results being negative, but then um, my physician said to me, it doesn't necessarily mean if the test is negative that you are 100% negative. What does that mean? So that's definitely correct. Um, when these tests are taken, um, the swabs are taken. So remember, they use a swab, a stick with a piece of cotton wool on the tip, and they have to collect a sample from you. It can either be from the nose or it can be from the mouth. So very often, um, if you look at studies uh, for the previous coronavirus RX as well, um, test accuracy can be determined by various factors. One of those being where the sample is collected from. Another um, a factor that could influence the testing is when are you being tested? So if the virus number in your body, so the viral load is too low, mm-hmm. you could test negative because the, the kit has a, a minimum number of viruses that it can detect. And then one that we don't always like to admit, but that can happen as well, depends very much on human error and the technician um, doing the test as well, um, how skilled and how well-trained that person is. So there are various factors um, that can um, ha- result in what we call a false negative. Okay. Let me open the lines 0891-104-207, the WhatsApp number 0614-104-107. I'll be back with more after this. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. All right, so apologies for that. I think we, you, some of you are sending messages saying that you're hearing us uh, a little bit muffled, so we're trying to sort that out. Professor Building, thank you so much for, for staying with us. So when we talk about um, you, you, you know, I was obviously going to the efficacy of the test. Is, is the type of test that we've chosen to use in this country the best test possible for what we're seeing? Because you mentioned one or two things, and I'm getting a little bit concerned because... If the efficacy of the test res- is, requires us to have a certain percentage of the viral load in us, it certainly then means that many of us who are carrying the virus are walking around spreading the virus, even though our viral load is not enough to be detected. Am I correct? So, so you're raising a very um, important point of the efficacy of the test. Yes, um, I remember there is something called a window period as well. 
Mm-hmm. And that is right at the start of the infection when that number is too low. And, and, and the, the number of false negatives during that period can be, can be very high. Um, another important one, that, um, a point that, that's, uh, that spins out from, from the point that you've raised, the test that we have, um, that we're using in South Africa is very important as well. We have different manufacturers, and, and the test is called a, um, a polymerase reaction, a reverse transcription polymerase reaction, and it really tests for the genetic material of the virus in the person, in the patient. Mm. Um, different companies target different portions of that genetic material. Mm-hmm. And, and it, there are very clear studies from previous um, outbreaks to show for the other coronavirus, the portion of the genetic material that you target can also influence the accuracy of the test. Mm. So it would be very interesting to know um, what test we're using in South Africa. I see more and more we're speaking about antibody tests um, that are being used as well now. And these typically give you a result between 50 minutes and about 30 minutes. And that does not test for the genetic material in the patient, but it tests for the antibodies. And some of those tests can test for current infection and for an infection that has cleared from the body. And some of them can only test for infections that have cleared from the body. Even those, those are presumptive tests. Those are not conclusive. And at the end, the uh, PCR test must still be done in a laboratory because that is really the WHO gold standard test to confirm whether you're infected or not. So where I have slight difficulty with this is that it feels a little bit like it is... Um, it's not proactive. We are reactive. And, and at the speed in which we're seeing, for instance, South Africa, the spreading of this virus, should we reconsider the type of testing that we're doing? You, you know, what I'm, what I'm even more concerned about mm-hmm. is the delay in testing. Mm. I've heard of delays, and, and government has now um, reported that the delays are much, much shorter, but even a delay of one week. If somebody starts showing symptoms four or five days after being infected, they go to for testing, and the test result is only a week later. That's more than 14 days. The person is now recorded as positive, but the virus and all that gets cleared from the system. I think that is a bigger risk. Um, so these tests are unfortunately the ones in the laboratory, the, the PCR tests, are gold standard tests, and... and when are uh, approved, you need to show that they have extremely high efficacy, and so very high sensitivity and very high specificity. So for me to give you an example, um, 2003 in Singapore, our technology was used, our data was used by a company to develop testing kits for SARS in 2003. This could only be done after we showed specificity and, and uh, sensitivity of above 80, 98%. So the, the, the margin of error was extremely small. So these tests are validated, but you, you still have a margin of error, unfortunately. Okay. Errol, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon, Errol. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, Come loud up? and clear. Okay, two questions. When you come back from the supermarket, should you change your clothes? And should you sanitize the products that you've bought, like products that you've taken off the shelf? Yes. Dr. Fielding, Professor Fielding? 
I, it was very difficult to hear, you okay. know, it was a bit muffled. He asked yeah. about sanitizing of clothes and products well, that you bought. The, the idea that, you know, when you get home, strip everything you've got on, sort of wash it and, and get rid of the clothes and also the, the stuff that you've bought if you've gone shopping, should you be sanitizing everything that comes into the store, uh, into the home? So there, there is no scientific evidence for that to be done yet. So as an example, I simply do not do that um, when when I go to the shop and come back. So there is no scientific evidence. Hmm. Well, that was quick and easy. And 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 so you don't you don't <laughs> buy into the idea that surfaces like let's say a bottle, uh, a cool drink bottle, if uh, if it moves from hand to, to to you know whoever it is that was putting it on the shelves to the counter to yourself, mm-hmm. it poses a risk to the family. There can always be a risk um, in, in, in virology, and I'm thinking infectious infectious disease um, field, there is never a zero risk. Yes. So there is always a risk. So it's very much about, um, I don't want to say personal choice, mm. but if you feel um, that, that it is needed, by all means, uh, do it, because there, there will always be a risk, unfortunately. All right. That makes perfect sense. Okay, let's take those voice notes as well. And uh, on 0614-104-107, uh, Professor Fielding, we've got one coming through now. Pumelo, uh, my question is, how do I know if I have a flu, maybe, and I've never maybe been in contact with anyone, and then they say, isolate yourself, I'll be isolating myself, then after recovering, must I consider myself to testing or am I just let it be like that? Thank you. Professor Fielding, did you get the question? Yes, I did. So unfortunately, the symptoms are very similar for, for influenza, flu, and for COVID-19. So there's no way to tell just based on symptoms. I advise um, people who ask me that if you have any flu-like symptoms, Assume that you have COVID-19. Get tested if you if you are allowed to get tested because remember, testing is is restricted to, to certain um, individuals only at the moment mm-hmm. in many places, and, and testing is not available freely. So then, self then isolate yourself for the 14 days. I know government has looked at at eight days, and they spoke about in eight days. Um, I'm still feeling a bit uncomfortable with that. Um, so about 14 days. Uh, but you can only distinguish between flu and COVID-19 uh, by using a laboratory test, unfortunately. Okay. Silwan, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. You're calling from Lusikasik. Hello, Silwan. Hello? Hello. Hi, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Yes, I'm speaking to Richard uh, Silwan. Richard. Richard Silwan, yes. Okay, Richard. Thanks for the yeah. correction. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just wanted to, to, to know whether the coronavirus is actually a new virus. or. And the, the second question is um, whether if I test positive, I might actually be negative. Just those two questions. Okay. Professor Fielding, did you get the question? Before you leave, Richard, please just uh, let's just make sure that the Professor Fielding got the question. <laughs> so the first question was, is it a new virus? Yes, it is a new virus. So it's a novel virus, and novel means new. So it is the seventh human coronavirus that we've identified and isolated. So it is a, a new one that has jumped from animals, and, and um, some scientific studies now show that it jumped sometime middle of last year, 
from an animal to a human, so it is a new virus, yes. What was the second question, please? I could not hear the second Richard, question. Richard, just uh, repeat your second question for Professor Fielding, please. My second, my second question was, uh, if I test positive, does that mean uh, I might actually uh, 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 be negative? Okay. I yes, think it's so very, very close to the, what we asked earlier, Professor Fielding. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So it's a flip this time. So mm. yes, this test can have false negatives. So you, you actually have the virus, but the test can, comes out negative. Mm-hmm. But you can also have false positives. Okay. So you, you test positive, but you do not have the virus. I'm not too concerned about false positives yeah. because the person will be isolated. So whether they're positive or not is not a huge problem. The biggest concern is those false negatives mm-hmm. because the person could think not infected and they are. Mm. So that one is a much bigger concern. And, and what causes that, Professor Fielding? What causes those faults? It, it is just um, an artifact of the of the kit. Oh, Unfortunately, I see. I see. these tests um, have these tests have some cross reactivity as well. So you could detect um, other viruses. Mm-hmm. You could detect, uh, detect other some other type of coronaviruses. Okay. Um, the sample could have been destroyed on its way to the laboratory, and that's why it's negative. There are various various factors. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. All right, Romeo, you're calling from uh, from KZN. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Cecilia, and uh, Professor as well. Go ahead, Romeo. Thanks for calling. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask a question. Following the question that has been asked by one of the callers here in who was talking about uh, clothes, do you need to sanitize those clothes? Mm. So my question was uh, relevantly to a point where we say this disease can be found in objects, including uh, possible in clothes. You don't know whether where you are kneeling there, you could end up contracting. Uh, Check, for example, like us as truck drivers, we normally interact with so many people where we exchange papers and so forth. They sign here, collect your papers. Uh, how do we, uh, how do you know that uh, you have contract, contacted with somebody who have got corona. How many people that you could meet? Because I can see quite a number of campers have got a, 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 a situation where they're just trying to protect this thing, not to be known by not trying to close their company for sanitizing the whole company. Very, very good question. Uh, Professor Fielding, I think, let me just, tr- I, I want to add to that a little bit in the sense that uh, yesterday we spoke, for instance, to Denosa, who are saying that they, they would like everybody to be tested if somebody, uh, for instance, in, in the ward was sick, right? And, and they're saying that they're not getting joy. And this goes to other companies as well because the individual is not showing t- tested, is not showing, um, symptoms. If we put the politics aside, is it likely? that part of the reason why this testing prior to symptoms is an issue is that you just will not be able to to detect the actual virus because the viral load is low, viral load is low, and then the test kit just won't detect it whether we, you know, whether we wanted to, whether we wanted to test or not. Is that part of the reason? You see, it's it's, it's not that simple, Pamelo, because you could be testing asymptomatic um, patients or individuals, and they would they would test positive. So the the reasons for false positives and false negatives for these kids 
is so varied, uh, varied, and it goes all the way from what you testing for, where the sample was taken, when the sample was taken, who was doing the test, is that person um, trained properly. So it is so varied. The, one of the biggest problems, I think, in South Africa that we're facing, and, and, and that's what we see in the numbers that we're seeing as well, is contact tracing is really, really difficult as well. Mm. Um, and, and if you do not have an effective contact tracing system in place, you could test a person that is having symptoms or you could identify an asymptomatic carrier. But how do we know who has been in contact with that person? So okay. contact tracing is really difficult. P- Professor Fielding, where I'm confused, Sorry? where I'm confused is the viral mm-hmm. load and the connection between yes. that and the asymptomatic patient. Is there connection? Can you have a yes. high viral load and still be asymptomat- asymptomatic? Very unlikely. You could um, remember that asymptomatic also um, is dependent on, on the body and how the body reacts to that virus. Remember that in a household where we have flu, not everybody would have flu, and you could have carriers that do not have the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it's not consistent amongst all patients. And, and, and that's what, uh, that really complicates how this virus is tested for, how this virus is tracked, because it is not consistent amongst patients. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, a, a one-size-fits-all, unfortunately. I understand. All right, let me just take a quick break. It's one let Let's go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest head headlines. Tabi, so I see you. We'll be back with your call after this. Life Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Professor Fielding is joining us on the line until a couple, about quarter two, quarter to two. He's a virologist specializing in COVID-19. And uh, we're having this conversation to just get some clarity on some of the things that we're not sure of. And uh, your questions are, are, are always welcome. 0891-104-207. And I'll also take your voice notes on 0614-104-107. Uh, Tabiso, you're calling from Pumalanga. Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I just uh, listened to the radio now. I don't know if maybe the question has been asked before. Mm-hmm. I would like to ask the professor a quick one. Mm. Let's say uh, you have someone who's been a victim of COVID, but this person has been tested. Oh, Tabiso. Can I ask that you maybe move around a little bit, Tabiso? We're losing you. Sorry? I was saying we, we lost you there for a minute. Could you just move around a, a little bit for us? Yeah. Not really. It started off quite well. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on hold and then um, Butloka will try and sort that line out and then we'll come back to you. Let me just go to some voice notes. Okay. Good day to you and your guests. Given the fact that we are not testing adequately and there's a shortage of test kits, Added to that, there's also a shortage of medical oxygen and ventilators. I mean, how does that place us in the country? How detrimental is that to us? Thank you so much from Chapter 2. Uh, afternoon, SAFM. Slamant here. You know, my, my problem is the, the, the presence was said if you are exposed to someone who has coronavirus, you must also go for isolation. So for, for me, I work in a supermarket whereby my colleagues are getting tested positive every day, like like once a week, we got a case at work. 
but we don't go for isolation because of it's right work. So how, how can we get advised on that? Professor Fielding? Professor Fielding? Uh, just repeat. Yes, yes, Pamela. He is saying that the, the last Hello? the last WhatsApp note was saying that he he's he interacts with people on a daily basis. Um, he works at a supermarket, yeah. and people in his environment uh, get tested positive all the time. He is not going into isolation. Yeah. Should he be going into isolation, even though he is currently negative? If it is testing negative, then it would not be needed. Remember what, what the NICD and, and the testing authorities in South Africa was saying. If you've been in contact with somebody who has tested positive, self-isolate until you get tested. If you do not get tested, isolate for a quiet amount of time. This caller is saying that he tested negative, which in all likelihood means that he is negative. Okay. So, so he, should, he should be fine. Pamela, I'm just thinking of your question earlier. And, mm. and, um, I'm a reviewer for, for some scientific journals, and I reviewed um, this week, I reviewed an article that was submitted um, uh, from a group in Spain, and they looked at patients in hospital that they tested, and one of the medical personnel, um, a nurse, in fact, a nursing sister, was tested only because she was in contact with COVID uh, patients. She had absolutely no symptoms. Mm-hmm. And she actually tested positive. Mm. What was the what was the for me the, the thing that tipped it over? The test that they used was an extremely sensitive test. Mm-hmm. So the test that they used could 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 detect as low as two copies uh, copies of of genetic material mm. in the sample. Mm. So it very very much depends on the accuracy of your test that you're using um, um, for the screening as well. Yeah, which brings me back to my question because I'm saying we have a particular type of testing that we're using currently and where we sit now is that our our strategy is to test only when you have symptoms. What concerns me about our strategy, it's not that it's a bad one, it's just that at the speed in which we're seeing the number of deaths now and the number of cases, should we review perhaps either the type of testing that we have currently available or the strategy? I think it would be a bit of both, but I think the most effective antidote um, for that would be for whoever is in contact with other people to wear the mask and to wash their hands. Because really, remember, even by taking all measures, no matter how you test, what you test, what you wear, how you sanitize, it will never be a zero It is about minimizing the risk. Mm. So in, a, in an ideal world, I would want to test as widely as possible so that we can identify those asymptomatic carriers as well. But that would be a huge cost. Yeah. So the, the ideal would be how do we effectively minimize um, the spread of this virus? And I think that is what we should really be looking at. For, again, for clarity, um, the, the, the issue of the decision we've made with the strategy of testing when we have symptoms, and, and I, I want to stress this is, you know, this is not a political question. Is it because yeah. with very little symptoms or no symptoms at all, it's actually scientifically difficult to detect the, te- the, 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 the virus with the current testing we have? I don't think so. Okay. I think it is more a matter of cost. 
I think it's a matter of okay. cost. Okay, I um, understand. I think I think we should test. I think we should test. If if I had an unlimited pool of funding, mm-hmm. I would be testing as widely as possible. Would the- not just be testing in hotspots, not just be testing those um, who are ill. Because if somebody tests um, positive and they, they are showing symptoms already, you know, there, there's no treatment really. No, so if, if we want to please, um, pre- minimize the spread, it is testing as widely as possible if it was um, feasible to stop the spread um, as, as best as we can. Okay, I've got my answer. Let me just go back to some voice notes, uh, Professor Fielding. Not everybody is being tested because I myself was positive and the government didn't test me. Fortunately, um, my husband's work paid for me and my son to be tested. We both tested positive. So then we can take it that the, 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 the numbers released by the government on a daily basis is completely incorrect because it should actually be much higher then. Hi, it's Debuho from Umtata. Just want to find out, uh, is there any consensus now about whether if you've had COVID before that you can't have it again? The reason I'm asking is that some people go through the whole process of having symptoms, don't get tested because they're not serious, and then um you know they probably are walking around with immunity from the virus um to the virus but they don't know and um they are still going through the whole uh, anxiety that everybody else has should we still be in anxious if we are recovered that's an excellent question professor fielding because we now know that the president <laughs> of brazil has tested positive again So what happened there? So, uh, uh, two part, two part, uh, two, um, two part answer to the question. Um, yes, somebody would be would have antibodies. We do not know how long those antibodies would last. Mm. Um, as I've mentioned before, when we look at um, SARS and MERS, 2003-2014, when those who recovered from SARS were two years later, those antibodies disappeared from their body. The four circulating coronaviruses, those that cause the common cold, the antibodies stay in the body after infection for about two to three years, and then it disappears. Would it be the same for COVID? I think so. But you, you should have some immunity uh, for a minimum probably one to two years. But I might be wrong. It might be longer term. We don't know. The president or somebody testing positive again. Mm-hmm. If somebody, after 14 days, they need to be tested again, and then we need to test, um, even if the person tests again, is it just components of the virus that is present in the person, or is the person still have, does the person still have infectious virus in the body? And that's why I'm very concerned that in South Africa, I've heard people are told, isolate for the, isolate for the entire time, and then just return to work without being tested. Mm-hmm. That is not a measure. Uh, last thing I reviewed a paper where somebody was only um, that somebody only was test- cleared. So the, the testing was only cleared after twenty or twenty six days. Yeah, I also know of two that people. That is much longer than the the fourteen days that that we're saying. Mm, I so, also so it know. is very much was the person conf- was the person confirmed clear after the fourteen days? How was that test done? 
And only then would you be able to tell whether it's a new infection, mm-hmm. which I think is very unlikely, or it's still the same infection, mm-hmm. just lingering and now it's flaring up again. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. We've got two more voice notes coming. Oh, there was another question around the numbers. I think we've cleared that up. I About mean, the numbers, num- the numbers are, are, are what we, what has been tested. These are not numbers of everybody in the country. It's only of those who've been tested. I th- Pomelo, I think in the end, we'll see at the end of this pandemic, whenever this happens, I think we're going to see that between 10 and 20 percent of our population was infected. And that is based on what the, the, other, what the other four circulated coronaviruses do every year. I think the number will be much higher than what we than what we um, currently know of. Yeah, no, I expect that. Some, uh, going back to some more voice notes, Professor Fielding. Ah, um, I'd like to know if quite a few people were living in the same, in a very